Hello, welcome to Inspired Caring. I'm your host, Michelle Magner. If you are caring for an older family member, this is the podcast for you. Each week, I bring insight, tips, inspiration, and strategies to help you care for the people that you love without losing yourself along the way. Having cared for both of my grandmothers, I've helped manage everything from hospital stays, households full of belongings, to navigating senior living and end-of-life care. And I've worked in senior living as a result of that experience, serving my residents and their families as they've been on this journey too. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired Caring. Well, welcome, Heather and Joni. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. We are going to talk about um, houses and real estate and stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. And like how <laughs> to manage the stuff and what you do and how you help families. So why don't you share a little bit um, individually about your backgrounds and how your business came to be? Heather, we can start with you. Very good. Well, um, I have a, a varied background and um, uh, lots of variations, but uh, I do have a home care background uh, where I worked with seniors and children in group home settings, as well as uh, in a corporate environment to help seniors stay at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up very tight with my grandparents and the seniors around us. And so I've always had a passion for uh, older generations. And um, we were working in real estate and realized that there was a need to help folks uh, transition from a big old house with lots of stuff to mm-hmm to a a home that better fits them. That's perfect. And you're currently also helping out with your grandma. Yeah, correct. (laughs) You kind of wear multiple hats. You have this professional hat, the real estate agent hat, and then also a caregiver role. That is correct. And uh, my husband and I are both only children. So between the two of us, we support quite a few seniors. So quite a few people. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank but you. I love it. Yes. Joni. Uh, so yeah, I've been in real estate. Uh, started on the relocation side of it um, back in 2001. So my start in real estate actually was moving executives mm-hmm. or um, their employers across the country. And then um, just kind of as you know, life changes and reasons change and your why's change, um, got into selling real estate solely, walked away from the management, the corporate side of it. And then just going through my own personal things with my grandmother and then most recently my mother, um, just kind of moving her from her house of 40 years and getting into a different space that um, is safer for her for the time being. And um, it was just a good choice for that. And, but yeah, it was the overwhelming process of, she had so many things in a house of 40 years that it was very, it was overwhelming. Um, Mm -hmm. Dementia really did not, it was not 
conducive to her being part of that process, which sounds really sad. Um, so kind of jumping in and trying to figure out like, what does she want to keep? What would she want to get rid of? And um, that and pretty much felt like I lost close to a year yes. <laughs> in that process. But then that, you know, with Heather and her family dynamics and with mine and real estate and her group settings and my relocation backgrounds, like there's got to be a way that the high touch service that I did for executives, mm -hmm. our seniors deserve every bit of that. How do we tailor a program to help them and their families make these transitions so they're not so jarring? Right. right. I mean, the, <laughs> the emotional turmoil that everybody goes through. Um, and I think everybody goes through it feeling like we just made a lot of mistakes because you're in the midst of the emotion of it and not sure what the right answers are. And so you just kind of take your best guess at it. So that's why we started Family Ties was just to try to help people lay out a plan. Feel like you have a little more control over it and, and an advocate. And also to protect seniors. Mm -hmm. um, I've had several people. So we got our senior real estate specialist designation last September. Mm -hmm. um, both of us did. And mm -hmm. that transpired uh, really fluidly to two family tie ties and uh, helping the move management portion. But I've had so many folks reach out with um, asking for assistance and after the fact of um, working with different vendors, whatever uh, may have been or, you know, but their family members aren't looking out for seniors or the neighbors or whomever. And it was one of those that we had a, a conversation that there was a need um, on to help families uh, with each portion and to plan, but also to keep the senior and their families from getting scammed, which are, you know, seniors are so uh, hit so hard by the bad guys. Right. So by, by being that conduit and by being that point person for families to know that they can trust us to, to keep the senior and their stuff, you know, safe and, and out of harm's way. Right. So we're going to hit on a lot of areas that you <laughs> just brought up because they are all, I think, really equally important, but let's start with the, the scam just to check that box immediately. Um, Cause you brought this up in a recent conversation we had. So right. what, what would that look like to scam a senior out of their real estate property? Um, well, I think it's, it's taking advantage of seniors who maybe don't understand housing prices, the housing market in 2022, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these seniors may last bought their house in 1970. I mean, just throwing a number out there, um, where right now we pay three times as much for a car as they ever paid for their house. So they're not really understanding, um, the value of their home, or they very much feel like, well, there's too much repair. They didn't take care of enough. And I, I just, I don't have the energy for it. I don't have the money to fix things up. So, um, well, and if you're telling me you can give me cash and I can just walk away. I mean, they just don't ask questions. I think there's, they're too easily to trust people and, and not ask those important questions of what exactly is going on. Yeah. So a cash offer is not necessarily the best and really it's because you're not understanding the value of your home and right yeah well and anymore too like our market is so robust 
that very well qualified buyers who will pay a premium for your house in mm-hmm. as is condition, they will compete uh, for your property. And whereas if you get a letter in the mail or a postcard, they may you know, go off of assessor's value or a fraction of assessor's value. When in reality, your market value could be substantially more and buyers will bid to get the best. It's just, it's, I mean, we kind of, we frown on capitalism somewhat sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> when it's, you know, it's the sellers and it's them getting the best price that they possibly can, best offer on their house. It, they will win when the buyers are exposed to the property and know that they're going to have to bid it against other buyers. Somebody sending you a letter and tugging on your heartstrings about, I want to live in your neighborhood. Well, that's the letter that goes out. Right. <laughs> they're not going to live in your neighborhood. They want an investment property and they want to take advantage of you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we even had a recent uh, lunch and learn at another um, facility and a gentleman had received this exact letter with the photo on it. And like, and we explained to him how, you know, this was actually not someone looking to live in the neighborhood. Um, it wasn't handwritten. It wasn't handwritten like you thought. It's, it, it's uh, a multi- it looks like it's handwritten. Right. It's, not. it's all um, over the city. And he was heartbroken. He was pretty he was gen- He's like, so these people, because he wanted to get good neighbors. New he was neighbors, worried about neighbors. his neighbors. He was. I mean, he's such yes. a sweet man. I think they've lived there 50 years. Yeah. And he's wow. like, I just want, if I leave the house, I want to leave my neighbors with somebody great. Right. And he's like, these people looked great. And like, well, and he, he literally walked away kind of like disappointed or uh, ashamed. A little, like a little heartbroken. He was like, he wanted that letter to be true. Right. And it just, it wasn't. And, you know, some of those letters come out and they're targeting people who have lived in their houses for a long period of time. Um, people who probably don't have mortgages on their properties. Okay. And um, so if you get the letter, <laughs> like we said, give it to someone that you trust and talk it over, right. call a trusted real estate professional, call somebody you can talk to and just be like, is this like legit? Ask questions. Ask questions. Yeah. And I think it's question everything. (laughs) Question everything. And I love that just in general with life philosophy. Question authority. (laughs) Right. A little bit. Everything. But so this is really important. If you are the family care provider for an aging adult, um, just to keep this in mind that they are receiving pieces in the mail like this, postcards in the mail like this, and maybe receiving phone calls. They may be seeing signs as they're driving around the city, you know, mm-hmm. cash offer, we buy houses. And so to just have that conversation with yeah. your family members so that they are alert and aware that this is not the way to go. Right. Right. Yeah. So well, important. some people think like there's even one of the, um, well, several of them, they say just, you know, you can leave your house as is contents included. And to some people, it's like, well, I don't have to worry about cleaning my house out. I can just take the few things that I want and just leave the rest of it. And sometimes too, for family members, we, they just don't have the time, right? They're like, so this kind of seems to fit a bill for many things. And that's too, why family ties like, okay, so actually let us help you determine what you want to dispose of or, or sell right. or gift to family members. Let us kind of go through that process. So you're not selling yourself short, selling, you know, shortchanging your senior. Right. Well, and there's, you just never know. I mean, what if there's something really great that you never knew was in those belongings or 
I just think so easily everyone's so busy with everything that it's just easier to say, oh, cash offer, I'll walk away when, you know, you give a little bit of time and effort and it's really worth, really worth it. Well, and you learn a lot of stories. Yes. You go through things and you see like Christmas cards or photos, or you see handwritten letters or yearbooks. I mean, the yearbooks that I found too. And it's like, oh my gosh, like it just, it does help connect us to sometimes we lose the human side when you're in the turmoil. Right. There's a life here. There was years spent and there's memories that have been collected and to try and pay homage to those, respect those things. Um, Because too, like I also found like my kids very much liked the stories of, I never knew that about grandma or I never knew this or great grandma did what? And it's like, well, but it was going through the process of things that you remember the stories or you learn the stories. So if you have the time or we can help you. Right. Kind of makes sense too, out of what really isn't the important stuff. And then what is the important stuff and knowing we can help guide you through that too. Right. Well, and it's really hard when you, cause I have inherited, um, my husband and I have inherited three full households of a lifetime of belongings. And so where do you start? Where do you start? And it can be really hard. Um, I remember my grandma would walk me around the house and say, this is valuable. This is valuable. You know, these collector <laughs> plates, I paid $75 a piece. They're going to appreciate and be worth $225 a piece. And we remember how much we paid for things. Um, right. We remember we have a lot of meaning assigned to those items. Mm-hmm. And then we try and... Um, you have to have a buyer <laughs> for something to yes. be of value. But so to have professionals like you with family ties come in and say, actually, at this point, you know, these are the items. Right. That and nobody wants those beanie babies. Nobody's wanting the beanie <laughs> babies or yeah, like the VHS tapes was something my father-in-law just really wanted them to go to somebody who would find them a value. I mean, and the love and intent that that collection was curated was for mm-hmm. their grant, my kids, their grandkids. Right. And so right. they feel so valuable, but then we, you know, we know that, that you may not be able to get money for them. So right. I guess just circling around your point of it's hard to know in a household of a lifetime of belongings, what has value at this point and where there's a buyer and not. Right. So well, having that third party, I think is really helpful too. someone who's objective as far as that is worth something or right. no, it's not or worth even something. Like, let's question it. Right. right. Well, that actually might be something. So maybe set that aside mm-hmm. and then we can do the due diligence, due diligence on, well, who would be a good person to talk to about the value of these items right. so that you can have additional information. It's not just a fire sale. Exactly. Or set it on fire. I mean, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and that goes like plays well into the emotions that that's involved. And then the family drama that always ensues because everybody has a different perspective and everybody has a different idea of what should stay or go and everything else. And I think again, by having us come in and able to kind of mitigate and play that middleman and uh, cool some tempers and help folks transition. Uh, I think that's really helpful. 
Maybe so it's just important. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I'm a firm believer as often as possible that we can get third party involvement. I think that it does help navigate the family dynamics and help, like you said, settle the tempers and give some perspective because right. ultimately, really, we tend to want the same things. Exactly. We, we do have a baseline of we want, you know, whoever it is to be safe. We want them to be cared for. Um, we want to be able to show up for them right. in a way that helps us feel connected. Right. And, I mean, let's just face it, move it. Like if you, if anybody listening to this just imagines moving under traditional normal circumstances, it is freaking chaos and it is right. so stressful. Right. No matter what age, no matter no how matter what age. you plan, no, no matter how many people you have involved, it's, mm. it's always stressful. It's always well, it's the third most traumatic experience you can go right. through. <laughs> yeah. What are I the mean, other two? Death and divorce. Yes. Death, divorce and moving. Those are your three big life events that, yeah, it's making derail you. So, well, and even under the best, like you were talking about relocation, even when it is under your own um, desire, it's still, mm -hmm. you're mourning a loss of a community that you've been right. part of, uh, a neighborhood, like you were talking about that gentleman who was so sad, he wanted to find good neighbors. Right. I mean, even if it's of your own design, there's still some loss associated with moving. Well, it's closing a chapter, right? I mean, right. I mean, I've had people take the trim work out of the kitchen doorway because their kids' heights were marked. Like, how do I take? They go, well, yeah, you you can even take the trim work. You got to replace it, make it so it looks like it's supposed to be. But like those attachments, like it's a it's a piece of wood, right? And it, but another knowing another family can come in and just paint over it, and it's like it would erase somehow your children's entire. Existence. Adolescence. <laughs> right. Right. But it, there, there's such strong attachment. That's why houses are called homes. Mm -hmm. It's people and the memories. And um, especially when people have been in them as long. I mean, I've been in my house 17 years. Yeah. And I think about like, I constantly clean it out, which my family says I'm a minimalist and I'm probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but even though I won't have a lot of stuff to get rid of, the trauma of, I moved into the house when I was 29. I was pregnant with my second kid. Mm -hmm. I went through, you know, life and um, it's, it's very emotional. So even the best of circumstances, it, there's, there's emotion to it. Yeah. What about, you tell me more about the senior designation or the certification that you said that you have. The senior the, yeah, the senior real estate. Well, that we went through um, a course and uh, got certified specifically with seniors in mind. 55 Every, plus. Yep. Okay. Everything from, you know, how maybe a baby boomer thinks to now considering a generation Xer. Okay. <laughs> and how we work and how, how we process information. It was actually really good on, because you just think like everyone thinks like you do. And people don't feel that way or think that way. Um, but it went from emotions, communication skills, goals. Uh, we have a very vibrant senior community, by and large, more so than we did 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. People do on simpler living and travel and independence. Um, when people are 
they're living longer. I mean, right. It's so it's as the boomer generation, you know, ages, that's it's they're they're living longer. They're staying active. They're staying in their homes, but they might want to sell, but they don't necessarily want to go to a retirement home or a facility. They just want to downsize to a little condo that they don't have to worry about the snow and the you know, the lawn and everything else. Um, and just how to work with seniors to a point with communication mm-hmm. They you know, they re- require a little bit more, uh, face-to-face and phone calls compared mm-hmm. to you know, millennials who just want to text you. Yeah. Also, the two went into different cultural things, right? Like how different cultures treat seniors, um, which also has been a big reason for a boom in multi-family homes, mm. because um, you used to always think like, oh, you know, you're in your house until you retire and move on. And I was like, well, maybe it makes sense to bring mom here. Right. Maybe it makes sense to maybe have her live with us full time, or for the summers, or during the school year. So there's a lot of different dynamics that even if they don't pertain to like my family, it was eye-opening to how other cultures want to care for their seniors. So um, there was some stuff on like reverse mortgages, pluses and minuses on that. Um, Savings patterns was also something else too, is how things that seniors think about at different stages, whether it is protecting assets or inheritance taxes or capital gains is a huge thing. Um, mm-hmm. Why a lot of people don't want to sell, they're like, oh, I'm going to pay a huge tax penalty. They're not tax advisors. I always have to do that. Just <laughs> but it's, you know, it's things that a 20 year old isn't going to necessarily comprehend because they're not in that. You learn as you grow older. Right. And I think right now too, so we're in the sandwich generation where we're taking care of kids and we're taking care of our adults. Right. Maybe in, we didn't really necessarily think about, like, oh, this is, capital gains is this big of an issue? Well, yeah, when you start accumulating wealth and you need to know if it's protected and things like that. So right. it was eye opening for so many feelings and financials and cultures. And yeah, it's like, wow, I didn't think about that. So, right. So, I mean, it sounds like a lot of empathy building and awareness and education on the different generations. And I mean, you just said even moving out of your home right now would be very emotional because you have been there and you have grown memories there. And so now imagine it from the perspective of the senior adult, your parents and grandparents, and they have doubled the time that they've essentially been in that property. And Um, It's so critical to understand that we do have different lenses that we see the world based on all of our circumstances and experiences and privileges and um, so important. That sounds like a really important designation when you're considering an agent, um, if this is what you're looking at doing next. Right. It was was a good fit for us. Um, And I think it, it really uh, positioned us for the, the steps to follow. Um, it's just, I love how life works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we've, we both have channeled a lot of our own, uh, experiences through this and, and I'm just happy to be a part of it and sure. happy to help others to not feel so alone during not to be so overwhelmed mm-hmm. and, to also keep aging adults from getting themselves uh, 
just getting into falling for for all the bad guys <laughs> right yeah who are out there and and on the hunt I mean it's, right. this it seems like the best example you're living what you're working what you're living you know it's like where art imitates life almost with um helping your family members right um, as they're mm-hmm. doing this stuff too I can imagine when you walk into a home because I don't know how the real estate market has evolved with staging and things like that but um, I imagine that you walk into homes and the accumulation that you're seeing is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So that's where that family ties piece of that business can support a family. Right, right. Well, and really like going through it individually, we didn't set out even a year ago. We weren't talking about, we should make a business out of this. We should right. do, it was kind of like, how, it was more born out of, how do we get through this? How, how, how am I going to get through this? How do I, you know, when I say the analogy a lot, like you feel like you're alone on an island. Yes. You feel like it's um, a badge of honor. Like, you know, I'm suffering through. I'm going to make it through this and I <laughs> carry it on my back. Um, like it's a proof of strength to yes. bear the wounds and then be like, okay, you made it out. But even when you make it out, you look back and you're like, how much time was spent? Right. How many tears did I shed? I mean, how many, you feel so alone. There's like, and that's really what started her and I, because she was going through her stuff. And I was like, how do we do this? So like people don't have to feel so alone, mm-hmm. helpless and in the dark. Right. Because you can make choices that you think at that time, they're really great choices because <laughs> it's the information you have like, okay, yes. Right. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. I didn't even consider this over here. So it's eye-opening to kind of go through that and be like, so, but how do we help others? Right. Well, I think that's a big Not part of this. it. <laughs> a big part of it too, is we did have each other as sounding boards throughout mm-hmm. a lot of it. And what do people do when they really don't have anyone else to ask questions or even like, right. do you think this is a good idea? Or do you think this is a good idea? And not to say that we have those answers, but I think just having someone to call and have those conversations with, um, means a lot when you're, when you're in the thick of it. Right. Well, and oftentimes family members aren't in town with the person that they're they're trying to move. I mean, for in my situation with my grandparents, I lived in Kansas city and my dad and my mom lived out of town. So I was the one at least able to do the designated, right? Right. Right. (laughs) Able to do it. But, and this podcast has a global audience. So I know that there are just people that are struggling um, because their parent lives so far away. Right. But I think it's just important for even for them to remember that there are resources available. Right. um, Who are like you and have a similar mindset and want to be supportive and helpful in a, in a important way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's part of too, like wh- how we've reached out and we met with you at the networking event, trying to find those like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though we have a network of vendors, it's like, oh, you know, our first question is, but would you trust them? Right. No. Okay. We got to go find the people that we would trust right. to help out your grandma, right? to help out with my mom. Like who are those people? And that's our network. Right. So it's, um, 
And just like every industry, you know, there's personality differences and mm-hmm. um, ethical difference differences and just mm-hmm. the way people do business is so varied that um, it's something that we feel very strongly to, to partner with people who have all of the same, you know, gut instincts and, <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. right, empathy. And I think just being, being through, being through the transition, being through the stuff, I think that it gives you a different perspective than some folks that, uh, that may not have that experience. So if I was out of town and I'm trying to sort this all out, I'm just thinking maybe starting um, with, look, when I'm looking for an agent specifically, that designate, that senior designation Right. Mm-hmm. Would be a good first step to see if that is something that they've done. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and one of the things, like when we refer outside of the Omaha area, because we will do that for clients and friends and family, it's like, hey, you know, I, I'm moving to or I need to sell a house in San Francisco, wherever. Right. I was like, you know, let me make some calls. So I start and you will do the same thing. The first thing we want to do is we want to vet them. Right. Yeah. I was like, okay, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you some questions because I want to see how you respond to them. And if it's not the right fit, they'll never get the client's name. Like, okay, yeah, I I won't let them know. It's this is not going to be a good fit for you. Um, So I would say too, even if someone is out of town and they have questions, know that you know we can help vet those people too. What movers, decluttering folks, estate sale people. If there's something we can do, just to start asking some questions right like okay I would be comfortable working or at least meeting with this person right here's some questions I would ask this person if you're comfortable with it and that's because sometimes too I mean we don't want to downgrade our designation um I think people feel it sometimes is an easy way to maybe get sellers in this market and it's not true because it, it depends on, it's like everything, right? You go through the process and do you take it to heart or do you pass the test? Mm-hmm. Or do you just add those right. letters behind your name? And right. So we want to make sure like the people that are going to work with our folks and, and others and loved ones, that they, the people who took it to heart. That's awesome. That's very generous of you because I'm sure that that uh, can take a little bit of time. It does, but you got to trust your gut though. And I would, I would never want, I just always think of my grandma. I mean, she's, she'll be a hundred years old in August and she's still a little spitfire, but, um, would I trust this person with my grandma? Would I, you know, trust this person to move her across the country or what? Yeah. I just, I absolutely, uh, fall back on that. So I think that's a really important takeaway for people with anything that they're trying to do when they're helping their aging family member, it's just, what is your gut telling you? Right. What is your instinct telling you? And I think it's society has lost that so much mm. because of all the technology and watching yeah. things that, you know, always trust your gut. It's yeah. so good. And those are things you won't really get like on a Google review or right. Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, oh, I, I, or even a website. I need to, I need to have a conversation. Right. I would love for it to be in person, but you can get a lot over the phone too, by how someone answers their phone or, you know, their manner is the time they take for you too. Right. We want people to take the time. So, 
because even though like you know we'll go through it this is maybe the first time this family's gone through it right. and they are reaching out they trust you for help so you don't want to rush them through that process because then you're not servicing them the best possible way you can so that is such a good point like we um you are doing this all the time and so it's you know, status quo for you, but for us, this is, these are massive right. decisions and emotions are involved and it's very mm -hmm. new. And so to have someone that you feel like you can trust to walk you through it is just so important. Well, and someone also say like, you're not the only one going through this yes. and it is going to be okay. And your feelings are valid and it'll be okay. And we'll get through it together. And I think that's, the reassurance, the little cheerleader, you know, is yes. often uh, shrugged off or, you know, people try to be too tough for it. But I think everyone needs a little bit of love when it comes to something as major as, as moving a, a loved one or yeah. even just giving up that, that portion of your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Closing that chapter and moving right. to the next one. Exactly. So if someone calls you to say, I have um, a household of stuff and I have no idea what to do with it, like, what is your process? Like, how are you going in to help them with that? So we'll meet with them, do a consultation and ask questions about goals, uh, timing. Good. You know, sometimes people are planning out for a long period of time, like, this is not something I'm going to do today. Right. But maybe in 10 years, I'll do it. Or me with the fan be like, so we're already three months behind the eight pole on this one. But trying to take into account their goals, the timing, what the senior really wants to have happen. Um, and then who is authorized to speak and sign and do things, the proper protocol for who is really authorized to make decisions in the event that our senior is no longer there, Something able to make happens, decisions yeah. or, right. you know, health reasons are not able to do that. Um, so we try to be pretty proactive, proactive up front. And then those are the things we keep in mind. So when emotions can derail things or family conflict can set us aside, it's like, okay, but remember when we first met, we wanted X, Y, and Z to happen. So kind of always bringing it back to this is the goal because their timing is theirs. We're not going to rush them through that right. in any way, but it's also life happens. <laughs> and yeah. uh, sometimes our goals can get muddied up with um, other things happening. So our process is just learning from the get-go. Asking and questions. What is it going to have happen and with whom? And, and if we can meet with all the decision makers in person, on the phone, we just want everybody to try and be on the same page going forward and feel like they're part of the process. That's brilliant. And, it, and adjusting accordingly, because, mm -hmm. you know, nothing is ever, right. nothing goes as planned. Stuffing, stuff comes up and yeah. So mm -hmm. let's say we've, we're all on the same page. We've signed the paperwork. Are you actually telling me that I can have a house full of stuff and you will help me empty it? Yes. Yes. You're blowing my mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and we work with a fantastic lady who helps organize things. You know, one of her big things too is like put things out on a flat surface and just kind of try to conquer tasks by task. So okay. if we're going to clean out the corner of this room one day or this room or this floor or whatever, 
Um, that's our goal for the day. And is, you're doing that, not me. I don't have to do that. No. If you want to be part of that process to be like, right. these are things we want to keep. These are things that are going to go to my sister's house. Yeah. You can be as involved as you want to be mm-hmm. or, or as hands, hands off. off. It's as just a matter necessary. of, yeah. I mean, key decisions are like, okay, you're, you're good with, I will confirm yeah. certain things too, but yeah, you don't, it, it's up to you as to how involved you want to be. Okay. So as a note to viewers and listeners, I encourage you to you alone without these lovely women there are taking passes through the house and peeling out what you want. And then you walk away and let them come in and do their jobs. Because having done this three times, you following people around and hesitating and questioning as soon as they pick something up to box it or get rid of it is going to slow the process down tremendously. Right. So that's just my plug, Michelle Magner saying, <laughs> I encourage you, they are obviously gracious and saying, however you want this to take form, they are happy to work with you. My recommendation to you is take the time you need to go through, peel out what you want, each room, drawer by drawer, all the things, and then literally just turn on your heels, go get a Starbucks, go have a drink. And let them come in and do their job because you have all of this attachment to the stuff and the stories behind it. And I think there is space that it's so important to have those conversations and share that information. But there is just a time when it's just time to get her done. Right. Well, and also too, I think we talked at the meeting about how you've taken things from the houses. Mm-hmm. And now do you have a collection of things in your house that you're like, well, you didn't quite deal with it. Then right. it's accumulating. So your house is filling right. up. And it's like, right. So me personally, <laughs> right. Because me personally, I fancy myself a little bit of a minimalist. Everything that we have brought to our home from the other houses has been integrated. Like it has found a spot. We have very, very few things that are sitting on a shelf or in a box. Mm -hmm. Um, Because to your point, just storing stuff at your house that was once stored at that house, you know, just thinking through, is that going to serve you in the long run? I mean, we have the film, whatever, the reel-to-reel films of two generations ago. Oh, wow. And so, you know, are we going to engage with the service to put that on DVD or not? We're sorting through some decisions on that. But point is, is once it's gone, it's gone though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I highly encourage people not to get a storage unit and think, well, we'll just pull everything out and sort it, deal with it later. Right. Having moved three a storage unit three different times. <laughs> oh gosh. Right. There's very little you end up ultimately taking out of that storage unit. Right. Right. So and that's common, I think. Yes. Human nature to to hold on to things and think that you're going to either use them again or use them to some purpose, higher purpose. <laughs> well, and you think like I will have more time to look at this later. Right. And then you realize, so 20 years has gone. I still haven't looked in that box. <laughs> right. Now my kids have to look in the box. What the heck is in the box? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in the box. It's got to be a valuable box. It's been following me around for 20 years. It's like, 
that was in the box. Right. Right. So, oh, wait. It was more time later. And the reality is that we should be having more fun. Mm-hmm. When you can get through it, then it's time to process it and then time to live your life. Enjoy the things that are important. Enjoy the people that are important. Get through and get rid of stuff you don't need so you can make the most of it. Absolutely. Of everything else. Yeah. Good point. I, I think that's a beautiful way to end. Wrap it up. Do, do you have anything else that you feel? I mean, that is such wisdom that you dropped right there. I just... <laughs> Sometimes I surprise myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any other like final thoughts? I mean, I think that that is the key is this whole process can just feel so much easier if you start right now, chipping away at it, going through it, getting rid of stuff so that you can spend the time doing what you love to do with the people that you want to do it with. Exactly. Absolutely. It's just processing, yeah. right. processing things and, and emotions letting, and letting go of some control. I think that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's part of it too. Control does not equal love. That's right. Ooh, <laughs> control does not equal love and worry does not equal planning. Like right. if we're worried about something and trying to control it. Right. Does not equate to having a plan and no. being in a place of love. No. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well thank you thank so you much, so for, much for having us. Yes, thank you so much. In the show notes, we will um, drop in all the ways that people can reach you. Sounds Very great. Good. I appreciate it. So Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have a wonderful day.